0: It's a puzzle that God's putting together. And we we'll look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 as we looked at last a couple of weeks. He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Whatever he starts, he's going to finish. And he's conforming us to the image of Christ. We're looking today uh, in our evening service tonight at James chapter 5. If you'll take your Bible please and turn with me to James chapter 5 if you want to- Look at the one another's of scripture. We've been looking at loving one another. We've seen that we're members one of another. We belong to each other just like that ball teams yesterday. Those guys out there, part of a team. Uh, We've looked at serving one another. And tonight we want to look at the subject of praying for one another. We don't take that lightly. Praying for one another. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. There's our phrase. Pray one for another. And notice the end of that verse. It says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When somebody tells me, I'm praying for you, you don't know what that means. Uh, I people have told me in this church pastor we're praying for you as the as you work here as the interim pastor it is my privilege to serve here but i tell you what i would not be able to do it if it wasn't for the prayers of god's people i've been we've had the privilege of being in all 50 states we went to uh alaska uh the last one before my wife passed away We went to Juneau, flew to Juneau, Alaska. The first one was Hawaii. We flew there in 1995 to visit two different missionaries, one on Oahu and one on Kauai, the island of Kauai, and uh, to be able to pray with those folks, but also to have them pray with us. And then building through that time, saying we wanted to go to all 50 states and uh, on a shoestring budget, Uh, independent baptist preacher sometimes couldn't didn't have two nickels to rub together and we would uh, as i said the other day pours job's turkey we uh uh, god worked it out doing vacation bible schools in farmland indiana uh, with dean bowser an ambassador grad we did a, um, a bible school in cheyenne wyoming at fellowship baptist church in cheyenne wyoming during frontier rodeo days went to Portland, Oregon to Hillsboro, Oregon, did a vacation Bible school out there and then we visited camps and preachers and stayed with preachers all over the country and making our 50th state by the time my wife passed away with cancer. Those of you that have been around me long enough, one of the guys went out today and, and uh, looked at my wife and said, "I'm I'm I'm praying for you. You what you had to put up with with this preacher right here. You found out already?" That I stay in 51 states, usually the state of confusion is where I'm (laughs) most of the time now. And I live there, by the way. So you can send that to my uh, house and just mail it to the preacher, state of confusion. It'd probably get to me. But I'm delighted when somebody says, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. As I realized from this text of scripture, looking at... uh, Philippians chapter 1, back in our text, it's amazing how when we're preaching on a book like the book of Philippians and how it reoccurs over and over again, the verses that are there. And he said, Philippians 1, 19, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation or my deliverance. And the next three words in Philippians 1, 19, says, through your prayer. Paul was dependent upon the prayer of others just like you and I are in our Christian life. We are dependent upon the prayers of others. Why? Because we're praying to a God that's able. Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorite verses, to a, we pray to a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think this church i don't know when uh they let them let them put the address out here 333 if that had anything to do with jeremiah 33 3 did it do you know if it did or not uh north side baptist church in charlotte and charlotte uh they got uh, they got to put their address on that fringe road out there and they called it 333 Jeremiah Boulevard, uh, Northside Baptist Church. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hallelujah. So we get to realize that that's the kind of God that we're praying to. In Acts chapter 1, I have preached. I was a little boy. His name's Daniel Griffith. He he's uh, he's grown up now. Probably got kids. But I remember years ago when he was just a little fella. Uh, his parents were bringing him to church, and I was preaching through the Book of Acts. I don't know. It was over a year and a half or so. Every Sunday, I'd get up and say, "We're back in the Book of Acts today," and we preached in the Book of Acts. And little Daniel, he he was in his mama's arms, and she was carrying him out, and she he looked over and said preacher, preach acts, preacher, preach acts. And then he grew, he was growing the next year and they were carrying him out while well, holding his hand as he walked out the door. And he looked at me and said, preacher, still preach acts. I said, yeah, you still preaching acts. Well, Acts chapter one says something to me about corporate prayer and something uh, people have asked me sometimes can, men and women pray together. We um, ask men to come here to pray at the pulpit. But it says in verse 14 of Acts chapter 1. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. Can I say to you the women in the church have helped preachers along the way as they say, Preacher, sincerely, I'm praying for you. I can't tell you the number of folks that, that uh, would have a handicapped parking space out there I told you I came from a church that uh, we had more handicapped parking spaces than we had any other spaces in the, whole, uh, in the church. And, and there would be po- folks that would come in, and they'd have walkers and canes, and I, I, we loved them, and they were necessary. We found that out from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They're a necessary part of the body. But those folks would come, and they'd say, Preacher, I prayed for you this week. Woo, dog. I'm telling you. That was an exciting time when they said, I prayed for you this week. I don't know what in the world we'd have done if it had not been for the prayers of some of those folks like that. We needed them to pray for us. And then in Acts chapter 2, you find in verse 42, that was the pattern of the New Testament. If you want to look at a New Testament church, and sometimes we may preach on what are the elements of a New Testament church. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 says... Then they that gladly received his word were baptized by the way folks who genuinely get saved want to follow the Lord in baptism. And They were baptized and the same day there were added to them about 3,000 souls. Wouldn't you like to have been at that baptism service? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship and the breaking of bread. And notice and in prayer. Prayer was a vital part of a New Testament church. It's a vital part of this New Testament church as well. We're called to pray and to pray for one another. I think of Daniel in Daniel chapter 6. He, 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 he didn't get caught praying. It says he'd been doing it a four time. He'd been praying in Daniel chapter 6. It was a, a habit of his prayers. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 25, Paul said to those believers in Thessalonica, he said, brethren, pray for us. Brethren, pray for us. I'm, in, I'm asking you as you continue to pray for me and my wife, Linda, I want you to know that we're praying for you. I went through today and picked up some of those prayer cards. I, I've had uh, Seth and Paige Cuthbertson in our church in a missions conference, and I I prayed with two of the sisters that are leaving this week to go back. Uh, Brother Dan's uh, daughters going back to uh, Ivory Coast of Africa. I started piecing all this thing together. I didn't know that they had all those different children, and they getting and then Susanna struck that were. I mean. they it's all fitting together a little bit now. I mean, people go over there and have all kinds of kids, and, and then uh, and they come back over here and get married. And what they do, the, the Lord calls them right back over there to, to the mission field again. It, I mean, I, as I often say, that'd make a Presbyterian shout. I mean, that's exciting to me. Yeah. I love it. And as I prayed with those girls before they left today, I told my wife, I said, What a privilege. They're going back to serve the Lord there in the Ivory Coast. Then Matt and Susanna, we wrote a, a recommendation letter from the church uh, to Baptist World Missions this week for them and also for Joanna, who is now coming and instead of just being a mapper, which is a, a short-term missionary, she wants to go back to, to, uh, to Columbia as a, as a full-time missionary. And boy, we're excited about that. She's going to be coming, by the way. She's coming in a couple of weeks spending some time here at the church and wants this to be her sending church. And uh, I'm just excited about all of that. But she's dependent, just as it sometimes put on missionary prayer cards at 1 Thessalonians five twenty five, Brethren, pray for us. They will operate on the necessity of prayer. Did you know that Job, with those friends that he had in Job 42 and verse 10, It says that the Lord began to bless Job when he prayed for his friends. Matter of fact, he prayed for some of them that were pretty tough to pray for. I mean, some of the things that those friends said, if if those were friends, sometimes you'd wonder who needs enemies. But he prayed for them. What do I pray? I just listed some things to this week on some things that we pray for and there are multitude of things that we could pray for i prayed for dogs i prayed one time a lady came in the church and she said pray for miss so-and-so she swallowed a nail and uh i said boy that is terrible she swallowed me and so we we came and we uh brought it to the church and prayed for this lady who swallowed a nail Next week, she came in on crutches. Did you hear me say? She came in on crutches. She didn't swallow a nail. She'd stepped on a nail. And uh, anyhow, we—but the Lord knew. The Lord knew. My wife and I were picking up Chinese children uh, in Houston, Texas. And uh, as she she had a car full and I had a car full of them. And uh, they're... My wife was teaching English to these kids that were coming from Taiwan and other places, and she was teaching English, and she had asked her parents, said, you know, one of the best places for these children to learn English if they could come to church. And they said, well, why don't you just bring them to church? Unsaved, unsaved families, so we'd bring them to church. And so one day we were, uh, two, two carloads of them, we were bringing them to church there was a lady in front of my wife's car. She was in the lead. I was back there just making sure she was going to get to church. Uh, we were getting there at the same time. And up in front of her was a lady that was just crying and she could hardly control the car. And she finally pulled off and, and she, she put her head down the steering wheel and she was crying like that. And my wife, I said, honey, you need to go out there. And and see what that, what's all going on with this lady. She nobody else in the car. She was crying, and so she, lady, rolled the window down, and and my wife went up to the window and said, "Ma'am, what, is there anything I can help you with?" She, she said, "I lost Corky." She said, "I love that child." It was, I mean, it was, it was, and we went back to the church. She said, said, ma'am, I said, ma'am, could we follow you home? Is there some food we could bring or something we could do? And she said, no. She said, uh, if you want to come over afterwards, maybe after church, that'll be fine. And so I went back to the church and I had the church praying for a lady who lost a child. And, and, uh, and so, uh, the the church was praying for them and they were going to try to tell their neighbors and friends and kids and other bunch of people praying for that lady who lost that child. So that after the church, we went over and we took some food over and uh, took it to the house and went to the door. And that lady, she said, thank you for coming. She said, I love that dog. (laughs) We should have brought Alpo over. I mean, I don't... God understood, didn't he? There was a whole church full of folks praying for a lady who had lost a child and she lost a dog. I love that dog, she said. Brethren, pray for us. I pray for laborers in the harvest field. The difficulty is not with the harvest. The fields are white. Already to harvest. Yes. The difficulty is the laborers are few. Yes. The laborers are few. What a joy to be in this church where there's so many folks being sent out to the mission field. It is a blessing. But we pray for laborers for the harvest field. I pray for others that have me to pray with them or for my kids and my grandkids that they would not yield to the temptations of this world. But that they would put Jesus Christ very first in their life. The theme verse for this church, Colossians 1.18, that he might have the preeminence or first place. I pray that their Christianity, my children and grandchildren, and pray for others, but especially as I, we have, there's 45 of us now, counting me and my wife, and our seven children and their spouses and the 21 grandkids and five of those grandkids married and the three great grandkids, there's 45 of us total to pray for. And that can keep you busy right there on a, prayer, on a prayer list. But I pray that when they trust Christ, some of them are not saved, but when they trust Christ, their salvation would be genuine. And that they would accept the faith, not just because it's the faith of their parents or their grandparents, but it would be their own. And that when we're gone, when we're gone, they would go on with a personal relationship with Jesus. Over and over and over again. How many times have we prayed with people who said, Preacher, I brought them to Sunday school. I brought them to church. They made a decision for Christ in vacation Bible school or a camp somewhere and thanked the Lord for it. But at 18, 20, 22, 23 years of age, it's not their own. They don't darken the doors of a church anymore. They don't believe this book anymore. And as that goes on, From what the Bible teaches, they didn't get the real thing. They didn't get the genuine salvation. I pray that God would help them for their salvation to be real and that God would work on the inside to produce fruit in their lives on the outside. And that fruit of the Spirit would be Galatians chapter 5. Many of you know it by heart, but let's look at it together. Galatians chapter 5. It's good to praise Scripture. In Galatians chapter 5, we have the fruit listed, one fruit. Different evidences of the one fruit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. We've already talked about love, loving one another. The next one is joy. And we've talked about that being the very theme of the book of Philippians. Peace. Long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, or self control. Against such, there is no law. I pray that my kids and grandkids would be forgiving. They would forgive as Christ has forgiven us and not prone. To live in bitterness, not prone to live in bitterness, that they would find that the word of God is all they need. As we mentioned the other day, that they would hear it, they would read it, they would study it, they would memorize it, and they would meditate upon God's word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God that this prayer we're talking about would be a vital part of their life as they grow in Jesus, that they would seek the prayers of others and they would pray often for others. I don't know about you, but I've been saved now 52 years and I have prayed many times a one-word prayer. Have you prayed this prayer before? Help! Help! prayed that prayer many a time. And I want others to pray that God would help too and that they would be that would be a vital part why because they're dependent upon God. I prayed for them that they would learn the importance of biblical Christian fellowship in a local church. Vital part of a local church where they grow and where they serve. And they can't say I don't need the church. They need the church. If they're going to grow in God, they need the church and the church needs them. And then they'll learn to tell others about the Savior by their life and by their lips, that they would be in the world but not of the world and that they would be a witness by the way they live and the way they speak, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They'd be bold in their witness, that they'd be diligent, that they would be patient, indeed enduring, that they would keep on going. It's not not a 100-yard dash. It's a marathon, that they would just keep on day by day by day living and serving Jesus Christ. And do it without excuses. Do it without excuses. They would not be tempted To quit. That's the prayer that I have as I grow old. That I'd finish well. We've come too far to turn back now. That we'd finish well. That they would do what God wants them to do. That they would follow the word of God in every aspect of their life. That they would grow as Christians. That they would respect and care for widows and orphans and those in prison and those who are addicted and have chains upon their lives of addiction. And we pray that God, we pray often for them ourselves. That they would be open to go to the mission field wherever God called them. That they would see themselves and their life as a missionary. That they would that God would open doors that they could speak the truth of the gospel wherever they go. That the word, as the scriptures talks about, would have free course. That they would they would speak the truth of the gospel to others. We pray for the sick, and I looked at the prayer request sheet and thank the Lord for that I enjoyed uh, taking one of these home and praying for it but we pray for the sick we pray for lost people who need Christ we pray for our children to be generous givers I oh uh, the Jonathan Emily's little son he came up last week and he had taken a piece of paper and he scribbled something on it with a crayon and he tore it off of a pad and handed it to me. I, I kept it at home. It was very special to me. Don't you remember when your kids were younger? And some of them do it when they're older. They'd give away everything they had. And my, and, but yet they'd still, when they played with each other, they said, that's mine. <laughs> I pray that they would be generous that they'd be free to give, that they would be serv- have a servant spirit, they would see the needs of others and desire to meet those needs, that they would serve enthusiastically the Lord Jesus Christ without grumbling. They would be hospitable, diligent in their service for Christ, honest, above reproach, not giving a bad testimony or discrediting the gospel that they desire to live for. That God would help them to grow in wisdom and grow in the knowledge of God. Matter of fact, we found in the book of Philippians where we are on Sunday mornings as we look at the book of Philippians, that was the prayer that Paul prayed for those believers at Philippi. Notice with me, Philippians chapter one and verse nine. And this I pray, he said, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment or discernment. You could just take those verses and pray those verses. You can pray them for me. I want you to pray them for me. And I can pray them for you, that you may approve things that are excellent. You can put things to the test, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God. Colossians chapter 1, he had similar prayer that he prayed for those in Colossae and as he prayed for these believers in Colossians chapter 1 verses 8 and 9 he said who also declared unto us your love in the spirit for this cause we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that she might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness that he might get to know God get to know him better their life would be all about knowing God. Matter of fact, Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. That they would be examples. I pray for my kids that they would be examples. I pray that they'd pray that same thing for, for grandpa. My daughter, the one we prayed for for 12 and a half years, Uh, Before the first child came along, today is her 37th birthday. So we have already sung happy birthday to her and uh, prayed with her on the phone this morning. And uh, just a delight to do so. My prayer for Amy is that God would help her to be an example for Christ. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. We usually preach this in youth meetings, but it's not true just for youth meetings. It's for all of us. 1 Timothy 4.12 let no man despise thy youth but be thou an example of the believers. First of all in your word in your word my favorite verses to use on our speech as Luke chapter 4 and verse 22 Luke chapter 4 and verse 22 you may want to mark this in your Bible this is a great Verse to pray for. As you pray for those kids and grandkids and others, you can pray it for me too. Luke 4, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. This is Jesus. They were just wondering, what in the world? Listen to him. There are gracious words proceeding out of his mouth. And they, they said, is not this Joseph's son? The gracious words. What kind of words come out of your mouth and mind? Are they gracious, gracious words? Luke four twenty-two, And then Psalm 19, verse 14, as we sign the, birthday cards, and there are many of those now with 45 of us in the family. They come quite often. We used to give a certain amount of money, and as we started having more to do it, we had to cut the money back, but uh, we we shop at Dollar Tree now. Um, But on those cards, we always put Bible verses. Psalm 1914, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Be an example of the believers, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, in word. In conversation, that means in our our manner of living. We ought to be an example to others in our manner of life. Be an example to others in charity or love. That chapter, the love chapter, you know, in First Corinthians chapter 13, describes in verses four through eight what love is really like. Tell me what it's like. What is love? It's what is love? What 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 characteristics describe love in First Corinthians 4, 13, verse 4? It's patient. It's kind. It bears all things. Endureth all things. Rejoices not in iniquity. It doesn't keep a list. It rejoices in the truth. That's the kind of love we're praying about. That we might be an example and that they might be an example in in charity and love. Be an example in spirit, in Enthusiasm. We were over at the Luke and house today uh, at uh, our, Jonathans and Emily's house today, they asked us about what our favorite team was. And uh, I mean, even if Clemson loses to Duke, I'm still a Clemson fan. I mean, I've been a Clemson fan for uh, 55 years or longer. And, uh, and we can get excited at ball games. My two of my grandkids were there yesterday at a ball game and they, they can get excited too just little, little fellas but you know what I want them to be I want them to be excited about Jesus That's right. in their enthusiasm in their spirit and then in faith an example of, that they could just learn to believe God that if God said it I can count on it. You know, you need a church filled with people that are people of faith. That they just simply believe God. And I want people praying for me in that area and I want to pray for others in that area. And boy, look at the last one. 1 Timothy 4.12. An example in purity. Mind and body. Boy, do we ever need that. I need it. You cut me, I bleed just the same color of blood as you do. We might be an example in purity. This week, I was studying passage scripture, had some things I read, listened to. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, In praying, it says in verse 1 of 1 Timothy chapter 2, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. And we need to be praying for our president, and vice president. Whether we agree with them or not, we need to be praying for them. Praying for their salvation. Praying for the governor of this state. We've moved now from from North Carolina to South Carolina, Uh, but we still pray for the governor of North Carolina, for his salvation as well. Lieutenant governor is a saved man, but we need to pray for them. Pray for all that are in authority. And notice this, pray that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. A quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We live in a day in which Christians themselves can be caught up in a very noisy world. Look with me at First Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. As I look at this passage of scripture and think about what we're to pray for according to First Timothy chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says in verse 11 that you study to be quiet. Hello. Study to be quiet. You know what that means? Free from chaos and drama. A life that's learned to to rest in God. Study to be quiet or diligently work at being quiet. This world in which we live, social media and all that are involved with all of that, I'm not on Facebook or one guy, I'm a deacon in my church who didn't know anything about it. He said, preacher, I'm not on Facebook either. Uh, But did you know that people who are involved with the social media tell us that it's all about drama stirred up? A lady came into a church several years ago. The pastor was talking to me about it. She said, uh, preacher, I've been visiting here for three Sundays, but those hand sanitizers that you've got in the back of the church need to go. And he said, wines. he said, well, they've got alcohol in them. And we're not going to have alcohol in any church I'm going to be a part of. And then those goldfish cookies in the nursery, they've got to go to. He said, we're a Baptist church. That's a staple food in the nursery around America. They have preservatives in them. And gluten. And we can't have them in any nursery that I'm a part of. He said, ma'am, I appreciate you making the comments. And he said his prayers were answered. She didn't come back next Sunday. (laughs) We love all people. But there are certain people that are all they're about stirring up drama somewhere. You need to stay clear of some of those folks. That you might be quiet, it says. Work diligently to be quiet. Drama-free. Chaos-free. And then it says to do your own business. Mind your own business. Our tendency is that we not only, what we want to do is we want to run everybody else's life. I told someone several years ago, they said, uh, we're going to get married, preacher. And I said, well, wonderful, you know the Lord, you're wanting to serve the Lord. Yeah, and we're going to go live in a trailer behind mama's house. And I said, can I help you find another place? I said, because the temptation of mama will be to run your life. And God has established a home for you. Mind your own business. And then, to work with your own hands. Get busy working. This was in a time when the Jews and the, and the Greeks were coming to Christ and there were those that, who the Jews would say, look, we want to get busy working with our hands and the Greeks said, no, we're intellectuals. We don't need to work. And we know later it says that if a man doesn't work, he doesn't need to eat either. What do you pray for? pray that God would help us to live a, a quiet life. Matter of fact, he's encouraged us to pray that, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Life is filled with all kinds, all of us in different stages of our life. When we had all the kids at home and sometimes when the kids come to visit, I love them. I love them being there. I'm glad it's short term sometimes. And uh, but uh, I, I, We love, love them. We live, we live in lives that uh, with all the things that happen in this world, there' are all kinds sometimes more chaotic times than others. But he said, overall, we're praying that God will help us live a life that's quiet, and that we'll mind our own business, and that we'll learn to work with our own hands. As we pray for all of these different matters, the Bible speaks about many of those and many others that we haven't listed tonight. I want to leave you tonight with First Samuel chapter twelve. First Samuel chapter twelve. It's been a passage that's convicted my heart many a time. First Samuel chapter twelve. Verse twenty-three. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord. Notice this, what the sin is. Sin against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you. Sin when we should be praying for one another. As James chapter 5 says, we sin against the Lord when we don't pray for each other. It's not enough just to say to somebody, I'm praying for you. The sincerity of it is we, we genuinely do pray for them. And I don't want somebody just to tell me I'm praying for you when they haven't prayed. I want somebody to genuinely pray for me. That we would, it says here, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Today I gave out some Cards that have my phone number and my email address. Take that card and I want you to pray for me and Miss Linda. And if you have something you want us to pray for you about, please send it to us. And I'm going to tell you something. I'll guarantee you that if you send it, we'll pray for you. Pray for one another. God is going to continue to build and work in this church at Crossroads. As we together love each other in prayer, let us pray for one another. Let's bow for prayer now. Father, thank you that you've told us that we're a part of the same family.